We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome into a special edition of the Goodman and Hummel podcast. And um, we've got none other than uh, my National Player of the Year last year, Robbie, also the front runner this year, and that is Iowa's Luca Garza. And uh, Luca, listen, we wanted to, to make sure that you came onto the pod and you felt good about yourself. And we did it with a guy that we felt like you would have a higher vertical then, uh, because Robbie's vertical – was only, uh, what was it, Rob, 19? 19 a few weeks Look, ago? Look, I've been dealing with a back injury, so I've been trying to get back into shape here. <laughs> I'm not going to let Jeff slander you the way he slanders me. So <laughs> I'm going to ask the first question, actually. We, we've all seen the videos of your dad, like, working you out. And mm-hmm. I know when I was a kid, like, there was times where my dad would try to get me to go out and do stuff. And I'd be like, man, like, forget this dude. Like, I'm, I'm trying to go play with my friends or whatever. How, how has that relationship been for you? Like, have you guys always gotten, I mean, the, the workout videos are awesome. He drives you. Like, he, he's, he's, he's quite the workout instructor for you. What's that relationship been like? You know, it, it's been awesome. You know, I think it's just developed over time. You know, I think when I was, when I was a kid, um, it was a little different just because he was, you know, teaching me and lecturing me about everything. And, you know, you have long car rides home after you play that and whatever the case may be. Um, but he was always there. You know, he, he never missed a game. You know, he was always there supporting me and helping me. And, uh, you know, so I was just so grateful that, for that. And once I got to high school and I think around my sophomore, junior year, when I started to improve and, and get a lot better, you know, I think the relationship shifted, um, you know, to more, um, you know, just a coach player kind of thing. And he was just kind of a guy who who just always pushed me and, and wanted the best for me. So I think, you know, it, it developed from, you know, when we go to work out, you know, it's not father, son, you know, he's like my trainer, you know, so it, it's different. Um, so for me, I just always valued that very highly. And I think, you know, no one pushes me harder than he does. And, and I think, you know, no one envisioned all of this happening for me besides my dad. You know, I think he just, he knew the work we were doing and he knew what it, what it would come to. Um, so it was just, you know, kind of crazy to see it continue to develop. And I think, you know, he's always going to be a, a person in my corner that's going to help me improve every step of the way through the rest of my career. Did, so, did he play, Luca? Or where does his knowledge of, of working you out come from? So he, you know, uh, he played at the University of Idaho. Um, he went to junior colleges first um, at Santa Rosa Junior College um, and then, you know, went to Idaho after that. 
Um, he was never, you know, really an athletic guy. He was six foot seven, um, couldn't jump, couldn't run. Um, was a very good shooter, skilled guy, um, similar to my game. And, 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 and I think he just learned so much over time. You know, he's always, he was a guy who was always in the gym. He kind of just, he had to teach himself the game, you know, for, for a stretch there until he met, um, you know, some, some of the coaches that helped him develop to where he is now, uh, where he was. Um, so I think over time, he's just learned a lot and he's been around a lot of great coaches who he's put me in front of as well. Um, so I think I've learned along the way from all of those people, you know, how, how you can, how you can train and how you get better. Um, if you want it, you know, you can do it. And, and, and they just push you, you know, to a limit that you don't think you can go. So how many times were there when you were younger, Luca, when it, it ended in tears? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, quite a bit. You know, I think he, <laughs> he, he wanted it so bad for me that he, he, he pushed me to an extent, you know, at some points it would be really frustrating, especially as a young kid. I think when I got older, um, you know, I started to see, you know, why he was doing all that. And I think now I look back and I understand, you know, everything he was talking about. Because even when I watch other guys who I see that they haven't worked on all those fundamentals that he just, you know, I, I, it took me until high school. He wouldn't let me shoot outside of a you know, 15 foot in a game. And I, I was a shooter. I, I worked on my shot more than anybody else, but he wouldn't let me shoot threes because he wanted my form to be so good when I went to the outside because, you know, he, he always just believed that, you know, that when you move out to the three-point line, even an inch or something that moves away from your shot, you know, can, can, can make you miss and, and can change your form. So he was so keen on, on just keeping that. And I think that really helped me develop into to a better shooter. It's just I, I took my time, you know, going out to the three-point lines. I think you see a lot of kids just, you know, rush out there and start shooting threes when they're young. And I think it ruins their form a little bit. So, you know, I think that – you know, along along with a lot of other things, a lot of other fundamentals and, and footwork. And, you know, I think, you know, he wasn't always a center when he was playing. So I think he put me around a lot of people. You know, my grandfather played center at the University of Hawaii. And he put me around a lot of different coaches growing up um, that, that helped me with every different part of my game. So, you know, I think, you know, what he couldn't teach me, he, he got other people to help me with as well. And then he, you know, continued to learn as well. So, you know, I'm just grateful for him and, and my whole family who put me around, you know, a lot of good people uh, to learn, you know, to play the game. I want to know how many times did a young Luca Garza say, forget this, I'm stepping out to the three-point line and I'm getting one up right here. Did you ever <laughs> I did it once. Pretty good. I was in eighth or seventh or eighth grade, and I think it was seventh grade, and I was at a Maryland basketball camp, and he actually didn't make the game. So I just went out there and started shooting three. <laughs> I hit like yeah. four or five of them, and it, it, you know, it felt really good. Uh, and, I, and I told him about it. And, you know, obviously he, he loved that I went out there and had the confidence to shoot him. Um, and, and you know, it, it definitely paid off. But I, I think, um, you know, I always you know understood that he wanted what's best for me. So speaking of the the three point shot, all right. So I'm I'm now looking, glancing at the NCAA's. Uh, three-point field goal percentage leaders in the country, Luca. You are 13 of 19. Uh, I think that's like 68%. They don't have you listed on here for some reason. I think they're, they're trying to mess with your head or something. But <laughs> if we put you, if I go through it, with guys with a minimum of uh, over 11, 10, 10 three-pointers made, mm-hmm. you would lead the country in three-point percentage right now, Luca. Um, they said you couldn't shoot the ball. Like, that was the big thing, right? You couldn't shoot the ball from three. Now you're like uh, Steph Curry out there. What, what, what's gotten <laughs> into you? you know, I think it's just, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into my shot. And I, I've been working on my, 
my jumper, you know, for my entire life. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, this summer, you know, the amount of reps, reps I put up and, and just continue to work on the consistency of my form and, and watching film and doing whatever I could to just help and improve it. Um, it's getting to me to where I'm at. And I think also, you know, it helps when you have, you know, teammates who put the ball in, in the right spots. You know, it's, it's easy to, to make shots when you get a great pass. So, I, you know, honestly, a lot of the credit goes to my teammates for finding me, you know, in my spots and in the right spots so I can knock down some shots. Luke, I always like to ask anyone that played in the Big Ten this. Like, my freshman year, I got absolutely christened by DJ White. You know, I weighed like 195 pounds, mm-hmm. and we had our bigs getting foul trouble down in Bloomington, and I had to guard this dude. And he was shocking <laughs> me. I mean, I was getting physically manhandled. He was a grown man, <laughs> Big Ten player of the year that year. Did you have an experience like that, like as a freshman, where you're like, dude, the, the Big Ten is is so much different than high school? You know, I, I think I definitely had a couple of experiences like that. I'd say the one that comes to mind the most is Isaac Haas. You know, he was he was gigantic. And I, I think, you know, that my, you know, they put it, you know, the whole scouting report was that I was going to guard him and, you know, I was going to give him all I got. And, and I think, you know, early in the first half, I get hit with an elbow and I was bleeding <laughs> profusely. And I it wouldn't say I never had a nosebleed that bad. <laughs> he rung me up. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, that's, that's the type of basketball I love. I always love physical play. And, uh, you know, I, it just was, you know, a lot of fun just battling around with, with bigger guys. And it just inspired me to get in the weight room and, and start lifting and get bigger because um, I knew, you know, that's what, what was separating, you know, me. You know, I was the same height, similar height to some of those guys, but they were just a lot stronger. Um, so it, it was, you know, fun to battle with those guys, but it also motivated me to, to get in the offseason, get in the weight room. So you, you and I talked throughout the offseason uh, a decent amount. And um, we talked when you made the decision to come back to Iowa. And mm-hmm. since then, there were a lot of ups and downs, right? The season looked promising for a while. Then it looked – it was kind of deflating. Everybody was worried. Uh, then we start the season, good for some teams. Other teams haven't played a game. Was there ever a moment, I guess, maybe when the draft happened or something or before that um, when you thought – Hey, maybe I screwed up here. Maybe I should have left and, and, and tried this thing because I don't know how college basketball is going to look this year. No, honestly, no. I think just, you know, being able to be in the gym with my teammates um, and be around the coaches and you know, just this family environment here at the University of Iowa, you know, it, it was never a doubt in my mind that I made the right decision, you know, no matter what happened with the season. Um, you know, I think, you know, the, the fact that I came back and wanted to finish my career and, and, and be with my guys, I think that was enough, um, you know, whether we started to play or not. Um, so I think, um, you know, it, it's been uh, amazing. You know, ever since I made that decision, I was so confident in what, in what I chose to do. Um, you know, I knew the potential of this group. I knew what would happen, you know, if we continue to work hard and we're, you know, continuing to get better every day and improve towards those goals that we want. Um, but it, it's been a lot of fun along the way and will continue to be fun. Luca, your sophomore year, you have a nine-pound tumor <laughs> removed from your, your stomach. How mm-hmm. how scary was that? And, and did you think that maybe, like, I might not be able to play anymore? Like, how, how how real was that situation for you? You know, it was it was one of the crazier things I've ever experienced. You know, I, I think you go from someone who was always, you know, healthy. I had one surgery before. And, you know, I was always a guy who was out there playing through injuries. I was, you know, doing whatever I could to be on the court and with my, with my teammates. Um, so I think – you know, I had this bump on my, on my side and, you know, it never really hurt me. Um, and I just, you know, people told me it was my bone structure or something else. And, and I never really understood what it was. And then, you know, you know, it got to a point where it, it was starting to hurt in that general area. And I knew, 
you know, my dad and, you know, my, my mom and everybody was on me to get it checked out. So, you know, I was thankful to be here at the University of Iowa with the trainers and, and you know, obviously the surgeon we had because, you know, when I found out I had to get surgery and, uh, you know, it, it was crazy. But, you know, I had confidence knowing I was here because, you know, going into that surgery, if, I, if they had messed, you know, it was so big um, and it was connected to my spleen. Um, so they needed to separate it without you know, bursting my spleen, spleen, because uh, that would have made them have to go and open me up and, and, and remove my spleen, which, you know, obviously you can live without a spleen, but it would have been, you know, more dangerous surgery um, and, and more life-threatening. Um, but, you know, I knew I ne- needed to do the surgery because if I had gotten hit on the cord in that area and it had burst, you know, that also would be something that was life-threatening. Um, so it was just crazy to think that I had been playing with that, you know, for as long as I was. And, you know, that I had to get surgery and, and that it was all real and seeing the pictures of it, it just didn't really seem real. And um, like I said, I was just really grateful to be here with, with the surgeon we had. He did a terrific job and was able to, you know, get me back on the court. And I think, you know, having my, my teammates, my coaches, everybody, everyone who was a part of the University of Iowa program was at my hospital bed, um, you know, when I was there, you know, for three, four days. Um, and that was, that meant the world to me. And that's just kind of what you know, it's been like my whole four years in here at, at the university. I was just, you know, been a part of a family. Um, so I think, you know, it, it was it was crazy, but it, it changed me as a person. It, it, you know, to go through that adversity and be able to get back on the court, and it just changed my perspective a little bit on things. Part of the family is is obviously Coach McCaffrey. Um, I need your best friend story. I need your 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 most entertaining friend, PG. 17, 18 story, maybe not the R-rated version. Maybe we can bleep out any, any profanities. Uh, <laughs> give, give me your best one. There's a lot to decipher and I got to, you know, choose which, you know, which is PG and which is not, um, you know, I, I don't know. I think, you know, there's a lot of them. You know, I, I think, hmm, gotta give me, you gotta give me a second on that one. I gotta think about it. I mean, there's got to be some good ones with his sons. Coaching both sons now, like, I can only imagine uh, what happens. You know, do they, do they call him coach or do they call him Fran or what do they call him? Yeah, they call him coach. You know, I, I think, you know, he's been, you know, he's very professional with his sons. You know, he treats them like a, every single one of us. And I think in the beginning when Connor was was a freshman, you know, I think they had – there was one argument practice that, you know, they – Connor kind of went back at him and, you know, it's his dad. So like, you know, people are used to that, but everyone else was like, you know, what's going on? You know, I think coach made a point there um, that that wasn't going to continue. And I think, you know, it never really did. And I think, you know, Connor um, has, you know, it, it doesn't seem like they're the coach's kids, you know, and really? I think that's the best part about it. Cause you can get a part of a team where it's like, you know, he's the coach's son, he's going to play, he's going to shoot the ball, whatever the case may be. But when you look at this team, you know, he coaches him like we're all his sons, you know, and, and, and that's what it feels like. So, you know, I think, you know, that's that's it's definitely be awesome to be a part of that. And it just makes it more of a family environment because he cares about us as much as he cares about his own, own two kids. Or are three are kids. they – I once asked Doug McDermott this. I said, what do you do, like, if in the locker room, if the other players are, are ripping on your dad? Like, what are you doing? Are you joining in to be one of the guys you got to rip on your dad? Like, how do they handle that part of it? You know, honestly, you know, there there really isn't much rip, ripping of coach. I think, if anything, you know, uh, we're just talking about different things that, you know, could be better. And I think that's more just critiquing our own selves and our own players. Um, I don't think, you know, I've never seen a situation where someone was ripping coach, you know, and, and, and you know, Connor jumping in or anything like that. But I think, you know, as, as much as coach rips us, you know, it's, 
when, when we talk about Coach McCaffrey, 90% of his yelling is, is going at the refs and going to the locker room, you know, and he's yelling, you know, a lot of it's still at the refs. So I think, you know, that's, that's, that's the biggest thing, you know, with Coach McCaffrey is that he, he's going to push you. He's going to yell at you at times, but he's going to trust you to put, put you back in the game. Um, but when he's yelling, you know, a lot of that, you know, is towards the refs. But, you know, I've seen, obviously I've seen, you know, eight to 10 clipboards broken, you know, I've seen all of that. And, and I think, you know, if I think about the funniest story, you know, with coach McCaffrey, um, the craziest was my freshman year we we're playing at Indiana and uh, we're getting to halftime and we're, you know, we're playing horrible. First row game. I've never been on the road in the big 10. It's insane. You know, playing at Indiana in that, you know, arena with all those fans, you know, it's crazy. And he starts just losing his mind at halftime in the locker room. I've never seen, you know, obviously I've had, coaches who are who are wired and you know Keith Stevens you know I've seen crazy stuff um, but I I think this one was you know number one he starts kicking and, and slamming the door he takes the door and just slams it like five times over and you know I'm a freshman I'm scared out of my mind um, and it was just you know one of the crazier things I've seen and and he you know he motivated us in that game and we got it you know we were down like 20 and a half and cut it to like three or four and I think you know that's a that's the thing about him is when he does that his players respond um and and they respond in a, in, a, in a good way look i'm impressed there, there was film sessions when i was at purdue when i left and i was like man i, I don't really like coach painter <laughs> so i'm impressed that you that you held back on that nfl football continues on this week which has a few surprise teams at the top of the standings you might not be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online Let's go through some college hoops title odds. Gonzaga is still the favorites, plus 450. Baylor, plus 850. Luca Garza, our guest today in Iowa, plus 900. Illinois, plus 1,000 with Iowa. Villanova, kind of like that at plus 1,200. think you can get uh, Nova pretty low there. Kansas, plus 1,600. Uh, West Virginia, also plus 1,600. Virginia, plus 1,800, along with Michigan State. And, man, Kentucky and Duke, did you think you'd see the day, both of them plus 2,500? No matter how schedules change or players that play, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere else online. Head to Bet Online today. Take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. What what's the craziest thing you you talked about playing on the road and how crazy is to play in Bloomington? What's the craziest thing you've heard like an opposing student section say to you? You know, obviously when I go on the road, it's a lot about the eyebrows. You know, I hear that from <laughs> the, the time we start to the time we finish. You know, I think we were playing at Michigan last year, and I had just come off that game against Texas Tech where I got my mouth split um, and I had stitches, and the whole fan section, you know, they thought it was a mole. For some reason, they thought I had a mole on my face. So the whole 40 minutes, they're screaming at me, like, stop licking your mole. Like, stop, you know, touching your mole. And I'm like, the things are like, the stitches are coming off them. So I'm trying to put it back in place the whole game because it was like, you know, I come in loose. And, you know, that it was just, that was crazy. And I think also my freshman year, when people knew things about me, I think we were playing at Maryland. You know, I know it was close to home, but, you know, someone, I had an ex girlfriend and someone was like, yo, I was with, said her name last night and I turn around I'm like I have no idea who the person is I like I'm like what is happening and uh you know that was that's definitely up there I <laughs> say that was crazy I'm impressed you didn't run our test them and enter the stands yeah I just started laughing it was it was it was crazy it was impressive that they knew all that 
you know, honestly. Right. I have to say, got some good my, ones from my, year. my junior, my junior year, we played in Alabama and they were obviously they're a football school and we play them the <laughs> night that Mark Ingram wins the Heisman trophy. And they announce it before the game, the place goes crazy. And right before tip off, we hadn't made our Facebooks private and think about it, Facebook was pretty new. I played from like, yeah. 07 to like 11. We had this Halloween party, like a couple, <laughs> like a couple months before the game. So there was pick, like I had a Buzz Lightyear like costume on. <laughs> teammates were like, and they had these life size like cutouts of us wearing these stupid <laughs> costumes. It, it was good. There, I pay a lot of money for that right now. I, like, somewhere in Tus- Tuscaloosa, I Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Somebody's got that. Yeah, a few hundred bucks cool. easy if I could get you in a Buzz Lightyear uh, okay. costume. <laughs> like Buzz Lightyear Halloween costume, it'd be, yeah. It'd be right behind me. It'd be right behind me. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Luca, what, why can this year's team win the whole thing? I mean, you guys are ranked three right now. You know, Gonzaga, Baylor, still people probably giving them a little bit more cred based on what they did last year. But you guys have, have, have gotten a lot more – um, credibility, I think, out of the gates this year. Why can you guys win this whole thing? You know, I think when you look at our team, you know, I've said this before, this is the most unselfish group I've been a part of. You know, the way we move the ball in the offensive end, it doesn't matter who's going, you know, we're going to them. And I think every every person on the team just wants to win. You know, there's no ulterior motives. No one's playing for anything else besides, you know, winning every single day. And I think when you have a team like that, you know, especially with the veterans that we do have. You know, I, I think that veteran leadership and returning all these guys helps a lot as well. Um, you know, especially on the defensive end. You know, we've been a team that, you know, when I first got here, we were, you know, pretty abysmal on the defensive end, and we've improved since then every single year. And I think that comes with experience, and, 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 and the coaches just continue to be honest about that. So I think, you know, when you look at all those factors, you know, we have a group that, you know, has that veteran leadership, but also is, is unselfish and, and moves the ball around. And, you know, there's no better offensive team in the country in my eyes. You know, obviously there's a lot of great ones and, you know, credits all the teams that can do that. But, you know, I have a lot of confidence in my group, you know, that, you know, when you have to game plan for us, you really have to make a decision. You know, if you're going to really try to send out and, and take, take me out of the game, you know, we got a lot of shooters that, that are going to make you pay for that. So I think, you know, it, it gives us an incredible advantage to have the, the offensive players that we do. I want to ask you about the defense, and you're right. You guys are so much improved. Your freshman year, it was not good. Yeah. Yeah. Did, Fran, did you guys work on it, or had Fran just been like, forget this, we're so bad, we're just going to work on offense, and we're just going to outscore people? No, no, honestly, you know, the coaches were working on it every single day, and it was – I don't know. You know, all the film sessions were geared towards it. We were practicing it. You know, we were working on it, and, um, you know, I think it just didn't click for us. Um, and – I, it took us a while. You know, I think we had a lot of new pieces and people had to learn to play with each other on the defensive end. Um, and I think, you know, in, in some games, I think some people were just, you know, trying to get buckets and trying to get wired to score. And especially when we got down, I think that also affected it. And we were a team early on that if we were missing shots, it, it directly affected our defense um, and and led to, you know, less effort on that end. And I think, you know, um, after that year, you know, it, it definitely changed. You know, I think our whole team recognized what, you know, happened and the coaches will continue to be honest, but they, you know, obviously stepped it up a notch because they knew, you know, we, that year we were still one of the best, better offensive teams in the country. You know, if you look at the the rankings, you know, our adjusted offense was right up there at the top, 
you know, with, in all of our offensive categories, we were up at the top, but our defense was at the low. And we were, you know, 14 and 19. We knew that it, it, it couldn't just be scoring that was going to get us to where we wanted to go. And so after that summer, I think we all came together as a group, us coaches, players, everybody, and, and we decided to commit to that end and to improve. And, and I think we did a great job of that. You know, obviously we went from – we had the same players. You know, we obviously added Joe Wieskamp, but – you know, other than that, it was the same team. And we went from a 14 and 19 team that, you know, was four and 16 or something in the Big Ten like like that. And and then we were, you know, a, overtime away from the Sweet 16 and almost upset Tennessee. And, and I think, you know, w- when you look at that change, it took everybody, you know, a shift in their mentality. And I think that's something that we're continuing to do, you know, especially this year. Um, and, and we want to – we know, you know, that's what's, what's going to take us where we want to go is that end. We know, like we said, you know, we will score with the best of them. But, you know, the, the more we improve on that end is, is the higher we're going to go. So if you continue to shoot 68% from three, which <laughs> I know you're looking at me like, yeah, you out of your mind. All right, let's say <laughs> you continue to shoot in the 40s from three. How much do you think that alters the perception of you from the NBA folks? Or do you think it is more on your defense? You know, I, I think – you know, when, when I was talking to teams over the summer, I think, you know, uh, a lot of teams recognized that I could shoot the ball. They wanted to see me continue to shoot the ball and, and shoot more. Um, but, I, you know, obviously I think a lot goes back to, you know, my ability to defend, um, my, my ability to defend ball screens and move my feet and, and my lateral movement and everything like that, which is, you know, over the summer, you know, I, I, I grinded on that a lot. You know, I worked as much as I could to improve myself athletically. And I've definitely seen a difference. And, um I'm going to continue to work hard on that end, but, you know, I'm going to continue to take shots. I know, you know, I'm a great three-point shooter. I've known that, you know, my whole life. And, and, and I'm going to, that's something I'm going to continue to prove, you know, as far as I go. Um, and and I, I think, you know, I have that confidence in myself to shoot the ball. How much did, did not winning national player of the year last year to Obi Toppin drive you? I mean, you average 23 and 10. Like a lot of guys would say, I really can't do much more than that. How much did that fuel you in the off season? You know, I think, you know, for me, it was something that, you know, I knew the only reason I didn't win that award was, was because, you know, his team was better than mine or in the rankings. You know, their, their team had a better year. You know, they won their, their league. You know, they had a great success. And, you know, you know, obviously, you know, he was great and tremendous and he is a great player and he's going to be great in the NBA. Um, and it was just, you know, it was an honor to be even, you know, in the discussion with a top five pick, you know, for that award. Um, but for me, I knew that what separated me and him the most was that his team you know, have more success in mind. So I think, you know, for us, uh, for me, it was, it was motivation to, to do whatever I could to lead this team, um, you know, to, to get to those highs, to be, you know, a team that was ranked as high as his, his team was, you know, a lot of the last year. And I think, um, you know, that, that was the biggest thing. And I knew I had to improve myself as, as well. Obviously, you know, I, I, I'm always someone who's, who's the highest critique of myself. And I knew there were areas that I could improve. I wanted to improve my efficiency and my ability to shoot free throws and obviously my three point jumper. Um, but, you know, a lot of it was I wanted to, you know, develop and lead our team to, to be, you know, a, a team that can win a national championship because I knew, you know, you know, that was the only thing that kind of separated us. So were, were you talking crap? I hope you were to my guy, George Niang, on Twitter after that win against Iowa State. Was there any, <laughs> any back and forth? If not, I'm going to get it going. I don't <laughs> think so. I, I think, you know, he's a guy I have a lot of respect for. Um, I think, you know, the other day he, you know, he tweeted something at me in a, in a positive note. I think he said, you know, I think someone was talking about the TVT tournament and they wanted to see me and him, you know, 
in the TBT, and obviously he's in the NBA, and he said, you know, with all due respect, Luca's an NBA player, and that was, you know, that was a great you know thing for him to say, and it, and it made me feel really good about myself, and and just to get that nod from an NBA player, and, and obviously, you know. Uh, you know, Iowa fans won't like me for saying this, but he is a legend, you know, at Iowa State, and he was really great in college. And, you know, before I was even recruited by Iowa, you know, I, I definitely watched him play at Iowa State and, and loved his game. Um, so, you know, he uh, he's a guy I have tremendous respect for. Um, and, you know, obviously I know, you know, I'm a part of this rivalry, and, you know, I'm going to beat down Iowa State. You know, as, as I beat them down as many times as I could, you know, winning going three and one. Um, and, you know, that's the most I can say about that. So I, I think – you know, he's a guy I definitely have tremendous respect for. Can you take us through the uh, the shoe incident last year? Like, I know you didn't do it. I know it was Jordan, but like, uh-huh. as a spectator to that, did that did that feel amazing? <laughs> like, it, it it was it was it was funny. You know, he you know does some things that you know I can never do myself, but they're you know they're awesome. And I think we all knew before the game he was planning something, and he hadn't told everybody what it was. So I knew something was going to happen. And I think he didn't want to tell all of us because he just didn't want us to focus on anything but winning the game. And he was doing this, you know, and he, he had confidence in us that we're going to win this game. And I think, you know, we all knew something was coming. Um, and, you know, kind of when I saw him do it, you know, I was going towards the locker room right? and I saw him out there signing it and I was just like, oh, my God, you know, this <laughs> is crazy. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, for a guy to grow up in Iowa and want to be a part of this rivalry and have the success that he's had in it, you know, obviously I'm three and one, but he's four and one, you know, being here five years. Um, and, and, you know, that's impressive in itself to, to grow up watching that rivalry and then be a part of it and, and dominate it. Um, so, you know, all credit to him. Um, but, you know, that was, you know, that was awesome and a fun experience. And we all knew, you know, beforehand that that was going to be his last game of the year. Um, so that was also another thing that he wanted to go out with a bang. Um, and, and he definitely did. Jeff, you know what that reminded me of? Remember Kelsey Barlow? Yeah. I played with a guy named Kelsey Barlow. We were playing <laughs> Indiana and he did the Reggie Miller choke sign. And oh, it got put on, and it, Jordan Holes and, and Verdell Jones were missing free throws in a close game in Assembly Hall. And he's doing this on the sideline. And I have never seen the Indiana people creaked. Like he had to apologize. Like, and honestly, I think everybody was kind of like, this is awesome. But go yeah. about it. Like, it was, yeah. it was hilarious. Yeah. That's what that reminded me of. Yeah, that's crazy. Luca, Rob, Rob's told me some stories, which I never knew back when, when I covered him when he was at Purdue. But Rob, Rob did some things, you know, around West Lafayette that he, he's not quite as proud of. Uh, <laughs> he can talk about him now, going into the bars, having fun. Again, wearing the Buzz Lightyear costume, whatever it was. <laughs> You seem kind of like I thought Rob was back when he was at Purdue. You know, never do anything wrong. What, what's what's life like for you at Iowa? Obviously, it's not the same right now uh, without fans, uh, without the campus being the way it is. But like you're you're the biggest name right now in college basketball. Um, what, what what is life like for you? I mean, are are you a social guy? Do you go out a lot? Or are you just about ball? You know, I'm definitely a social guy. You know, I like to have fun. And I think, you know, last year, last year, especially, you know, obviously this year is completely different, um, you know, with not being able to do any of that stuff and wanting to stay, you know, safe and healthy. But, you know, I think over my time here, you know, I learned to be able to balance everything. You know, I think when I was more focused on just, you know, playing and working hard and everything, I think, you know, sometimes that would lead to more anxiety about playing the game and then not having as much fun with it. I think when I started to let go and have more, 
fun and, and experienced everything, that's when I became a better player and a more confident player um, on and off the floor. And I think you always have to have balance in your life, no matter what you do, you can't, you know, be all in one space. You know, I think, you know, you have to have fun, you know, I have to be serious and you have to know when to work hard and when to have fun. Um, but if you can prioritize those things and know when to do what, you know, you can, you can do both. And I, you know, I've definitely had a lot of fun and had a lot of great experiences here at the university of Iowa. And uh, you know, I think those are experiences I'm going to remember forever. All right. What's the best off the court moment? Give me, give me the most fun, I'm not going to say the wildest, but, but I must say like, what's the, what's the one moment that you always remember that maybe did not occur on the court? You know, well, I, I, you know, the safe answer is definitely, you know, when seeing all my, uh, all my coaches, everybody show up to the hospital, that's the number one off the floor moment for me at the University of Iowa. Um, That support for me during that time was, you know, there was nothing like it. Um, But I think, you know, we've had, um, you know, some pretty great celebrations after some great wins. Um, and I think, you know, last year, uh, you know, it, I think my sophomore year when we beat Michigan and they were, they were a top five team, you know, that off the floor, just, you know, that night, just, you know, our whole team just, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. We had worked hard to get put ourselves in a position, you know, to be able to beat a team like that. And, and I think we just, you know, really enjoyed that win. Um, and, and, you know, that was a lot of fun. So I think, you know, when you, you look back at some of the games um, that we won over my career here and, and some big-time home wins, um, but also I, I'd also say the Iowa State win on the road last year. We had never won there with Coach McCaffrey, and we lost in my freshman year. And to be able to go in their building and be up 25, um, that was, you know, that was a crazy experience. And then, you know, obviously, you know, just going around Iowa City after that game and, you know, people – know obviously hadn't seen a team win there in, in a long time and that was a lot of fun just being around all the fans in the, in the community because when you're in Iowa City you know there's no pro team so you know we are the, the pro team in in Iowa City so you know it, it's awesome to see all the people that you meet all the different people you meet um and, and and share their stories with you and how they're you know especially as I've grown as a player you know I've seen more of it but it's 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 awesome to know and and, and see the people around Iowa City. Good answer, Luca. Jeff was looking like he was trying to get you suspended for the Gonzaga game. So <laughs> hold on. Yeah, speaking, we, we talked about the Gonzaga game, and and I mean, this is this could be the biggest game of the year. We thought, you know, Gonzaga Baylor, it never happened. We've had some big time games that haven't happened yet. Um, how worried are you? How, like as the days go by here, it gets closer and closer. But like every day, I don't know. We just wait for like the shoe to drop, which sucks. But like that, that un- honestly, that's kind of what I'm thinking is like, let it get here so we can see this, this huge game that we haven't really gotten yet. You know, I'm excited. You know, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't, I don't think I'm worried at all. You know, I think our team has worked so hard, um, you know, in the off season and everything to, to prepare for moments like these. Um, and we're, you know, we're, we're ready. We're excited. Uh, we're ready to get to work and continue to, get better every day. And I think that's another opportunity to prove that and, and, and get better. I think we're, we're going to be on a stage, you know, to show the world, you know, what we're about. And I think that is something that, you know, excites every single one of us. And, you know, for us, we, 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 you know, as competitors, we love to play against the best. So when you, you know, I, I don't think I've played against the number one team in the country since I've been here. You know, I think we've played against, you know, top five a lot in the big 10, but I don't think we've had, had a number one matchup um definitely not when we were in the top five so this you know this is exciting this is why you play the game of basketball this is why you work hard 
Um, this is what you prepare for. So, you know, for us, you know, you got to have fun with it. And we're going to go in, be prepared as we can be. Um, we're going to have fun when we get on that court and, and, and do what we can do. When you were in high school, did you ever think that you could have a game against a team like Carolina where you go for 16 and 14 and people are like, damn, Luca didn't play very good tonight? Like, <laughs> did you think you could ever set the bar at that level? <laughs> you know, I honestly, no, I don't think so. You know, I, I knew, you know, I, I wanted to be a great college player, but I didn't know that, you know, um, you know, that would be my worst performance or that would be something that I looked at myself and was like, you know, I didn't play that well. Um, and, 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 you know, that game was, that game was fun for me. I think, you know, I learned a lot that game. You know, when, when you see a team, I haven't played a team, you know, obviously in the big time, it's everything's physical. Um, but when you talk about four big men that are all, you know, of great size and they're all really, really good players themselves. Um, it was just, you know, a fun matchup. And I've seen a lot of different defenses. And, you know, I don't think I've seen a team with the depth in the front court to be able to do what they did. Um, but it was a lot of fun. You know, I think when I watched back on the film, you know, obviously there was some great defense, but I look at those shots I was missing as those were gimmies. You know, they were, they were easy shots that I should have made all of them. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, my mentality towards it. But, you know, as a kid, I, I, I was a guy who UNC was my dream school. You know, that was, that was a school I wanted to offer me. That was, you know, that was a school I watched on, on TV the most, you know, Tyler Hansbrough, all those guys, are, you know, I love those teams. Um, so be able to have an opportunity to go against them and beat them is, is something that I'll definitely remember forever. So last question we have for you is, is if you win this game, I mean, you're probably the number one team in the country. Like, have you mm -hmm. thought about that of Iowa, of you being the number one team in the country? Have, has that kind of, can that enter your head before this game or do you just focus on Gonzaga? You know, I, I think for us, you know, that's something we all kind of have the common knowledge that that could happen. But for us, I think we're just focused on winning the game and we're playing a great team and we have to get there first for that to happen. You know, and we have to, we have to go out there and play our best. Um, and, you know, we're playing, you know, one of the best offenses in the country. So, you know, our defense is going to be put to a test that, you know, that they're not, you know, uh, not many other teams will be put to. Um, so that's, you know, exciting for us. And, and we know that, you know, if we go in and we play our game and we play defense the way we know we're capable of that, you know, we, we have the potential and the chance to, to pull out a W. Well, listen, we, we appreciate you joining us, 68% uh, from three. Uh, we expect you to, to continue that. We also expect you to blow away uh, Robbie's vertical of 19. He says he got it up to 20 or 21 and a half or something like that. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I'm that far from that. I, you know, I he, he might have me be. <laughs> hey, I'm glad you're part of the fraternity of guys who can score the ball at a high level below the rim. It, it, yeah, exactly. Right? exactly. You guys can it's really point. The two of you are like, you know, brothers, you know, lost brothers, okay? You both two of my favorite people, two of my favorite players. Um, and, and I like it because, honestly, neither one of you can jump that much higher than me. Oh, my God. Hey, after the season, we're having a decathlon. We're going to kick the shit out of Jeff and everything. There we go. Fun. There we go. <laughs> I'm older. you got to respect your elders, guys, okay? Come on. All right, listen, Luca, we appreciate it, man, always. Um, continued success, uh, and we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll do it again later in the, in the year. Definitely. Thank All you right, for the opportunity. Care, Thank you for having me. Appreciate Always it. Luca. Love watching you play, man. Thank you. Thank you.